So in 2015, I went to South Africa. It's the only time I had been outside of the U.S. other than Mexico. And then all of those times that I went to Mexico were for the purpose, the godly purpose, of fun and sun and honeymoon and vacation and anniversary celebration and all those great things. Um, been to Mexico a handful of times, but in 2015 went to South Africa. Went to, um, Anthony made the announcement about the Equip in Chicago. Went to the World Equip where people from all over the globe, I want to, I don't even remember how many countries were represented. It was incredible. And it was the World Equip. And after that, myself and a group of people went on safari. And it was really cool. I think it was for three days. Um, there was a connection there. So we went into the bush and we went on safari. And every day we would get up early because that was the best time to see certain animals. And so we would go and we're like, oh, that's a giraffe. That's awesome. Oh, that's an elephant. Stay away. Because they're like, no, we, you know, the elephants are the most dangerous animals in the jungle. And they're like, and then, you know, I saw an acacia tree, and our oldest daughter is named Acacia, and I, I stepped out to take a picture, and they're like, never step out. Never step out of the truck, ever. And so I'm like, okay, I won't do that again. I got rep- reprimanded for that. And, but we never saw lions. We never saw leopards. We saw some rhinos. We saw a hippo. Um, and, but we really wanted to see lions, and if, we're, if I'm being totally honest with you, it's going to sound bad. Just take it in the context of nature, Okay. Like, we really wanted to see a kill. Like, we just really did. I know it sounds bad. I know it sounds bad. I even rehearsed it in my head, and I just had to use that word, the kill. So we were looking for that, and, and uh, we really wanted to see it, and it didn't happen. Until one night we were back, uh, back on our site, and they were getting ready for dinner, and the, the guides... Um, they, they came and said, hey, if you want to see, you know, there's a couple lions out there. It's, it's dusk, but you can see their eyes. Like when they turn their head, you can see their eyes reflect, and you can see the silhouette like, of their mane. You can't see like the details, but there, there's two right over there. So we're all gathering, and we're looking. We're like, oh, there's two lions. And it was two male lions, and so the, the, the guide was very, very helpful. He's like, there's two lions, and, and they're hunting. But normally it's the women who hunt, so these are outcasts. These two lions are outcasts. That means they challenged the, the king, the king of the jungle, and they lost, so they've been kicked out of the pride, so they're outcasts, and, and they're hunting, and so they're down by the, near the riverbed to hunt. So I'm like, oh, that's cool, and then all of a sudden they take off, you know, or like just mosey around, and they're gone. So most of us are still gathered there, and we're waiting for dinner to be ready, and all of a sudden we see a buffalo come down. An African buffalo. Um, if you don't know what an Af- African buffalo is, this is an African buffalo from Zootopia, not, not Africa. This one's from Zootopia, okay? And this one's an African buffalo from Africa, okay? Um, they always remind me of like a little girl, right? Like, like the little hair. Like there should be like, like bows on the end. I don't know. That's, in my mind, that's what I see. So a buffalo shows up at, at the top of the ledge and walks down. And you can tell he's looking around. And he comes down because the riverbed was pretty dry. Um, but there were certain times in the morning and then in the evening 
there would, there would be water. And sometimes the people who run the safari would even pump water in to bring the animals in. And so this buffalo comes down and is looking to see if there's water, which at the time there wasn't. And then the two lions show back up. One lion comes in from the side, and the other lion had worked his way over and came in from the other side, but kind of coming at the top. So the, the buffalo sees him and like looks back, and, and you can tell it, I mean, it's, it's fearful. So the buffalo charged toward one lion and then charged towards the other, and it kind of was trying to make its way back up the hill. And the lions just kept closing in. They were, they were somewhat patient. And at that time, man, the anticipation is just building. We're dying. Because we had been cheering, rooting for what? For the kill. And now we're all going, run, buffalo, go, go. And, and our hearts changed. And then this, this lion jumps on him. And he's, it's almost like he was trying to climb up it. Like it was trying to put its weight upon this buffalo and bring it down. Then the other lion attacked, and sure enough, the buffalo came down. And the weight of the buffalo came, like, not to the side, but, like, to the ground. And then, for just a brief moment, one of the lions loosened his grip. So the buffalo got up, and, and it started making his way up the mountain. And they're still, they're tearing at it. And it still keeps fighting up the hill, and the buffalo makes it up the hill. And the lions follow after it. And so the guide is like, let's go. So we run to the, to the trucks. And it's like, you know, think like big, like, like army trucks. And we run to the trucks in this open air. And we're, you know, plowing around and bouncing. And, and we get around. And there we see the entire herd of buffalo circled up. And we see the lions just... Actually, I, I correct myself. We saw a lion, which was a little disconcerting. We know there's two. We're about 20 yards away. We're, we're close. I mean, I could, I could throw a baseball left-handed. Maybe, I don't know, I'm not left-handed. But yeah, I, I could, I could hit, definitely hit it with the right hand. It's, we're close. And it's just roaring around. It's... Actually, it's not roaring. It's just pacing. It's pacing. And then we saw the other one, which was nice because we know he's not seeking us now. And the guide said, uh, he said, it's over. And we're like, what do you mean it's over? He's like, look in the middle. The, the buffalo made it. And, and we looked in the middle. And sure enough, the wounded buffalo, not fatally wounded, but wounded, was in the middle and here's what the guide said. He said, yeah, it's over. The, the lions know they can't attack now. They would get absolutely trampled. They would get absolutely crushed. The herd would crush them. It's over. And, and the lions were growling, but not roaring. They were, they were growling. They were grumbling. And honestly, the guide's like, yeah, it, let's go back to dinner. It's, it's over. They dare not attack the herd. That, that is an awesome picture of community. We care for one another. We make sacrifices for one another. 
We protect each other and we recognize the power of, of our herd, of our togetherness, the strength of our togetherness. It was, in case you couldn't tell, it was the most thrilling thing I'd ever experienced in my whole life. And, and still haven't even come close. It was thrilling. It was thrilling to see that. And then there's nothing that the Hallmark Channel has ever produced that could be so heartwarming than to see that hurt. I, I'm, I'm, it was incredible. Where to have community in the church. Now, there's lots of ways to have community. There's lots of ways. There's, you know, fraternities and there's organizations and there's clubs and there's, you know, people can rally over their kids' sports teams and there's different ways to have community. But what I'm talking about is community in Christ. As his church, we are called to walk in true community as his church. We're called to walk in true fellowship. Fellowship is the word that we see in the New Testament for what we're supposed to walk in. And we're going we're gonna to explore that today. Today we're going to unpack why the church needs community. Why it's essential. So, so you might ask, well, Mark, uh, I, I, I gave my life to Christ. I believe in Jesus and I come to church. And now you're telling me, what, that I'm, I'm supposed to make friendships within the church? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We're supposed to link arms with one another because we are stronger together. We are to point one another to Christ. We're to be a safe place when, when the enemy is attacking one of us, that that member of our tribe, of our herd, can, of our community, our church community can run in and we surround and say, you don't stand a chance. Satan, you don't stand a chance. And we proclaim the goodness and the might and the power of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be a community that the world looks at and says, oh, I want in. Does the world want in? And I, I'm not even going to talk about the church at large right now because there's just too many sects, sects, S-E-C-T-S. There's too many groups. But let's, let's talk about Impact Rock Church. Is this a place that when people come in that they want to be a part? Because it should be. We should rave about Jesus. We should love on one another with grace and patience and endurance and affection and authenticity. And then we should always have room for others to be a part of this community. In fact, we should leave the confines of this building and these walls and touch our community. Anthony talked about the Erie Town Fair coming up. That's one of the ways we touch our community. We're there, we're open, we're available, we start talking with people, and next thing you know, the Holy Spirit goes, now, and we go, hey, can I pray for you? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you real quick. Every year that the mayor has stopped by our booth, which is often, because they know our church, and, and the Lord has given us a good name in the town. So the mayor comes to our booth every year. I'm like, hey, look, you guys, come, we're going to pray for the mayor. We're going to pray for the mayor. Please, chief, we're going to pray for Chief Stewart. Oh, here's Commander Tim. Hey, we're going to pray for, this, for Commander. And that's a win. God wants us 
to walk in a community that truly represents him and what his body is to be. The Christian life was never meant to be lived alone. So I'm going to ask you, are you living your Christian life alone? Because that's... There's times I'm like, choose your words wisely, Mark. You're so close to cussing. You're so close to cussing right now. That, you know, it's like, but that's garbage. If we're not supposed to live our lives alone, that's garbage. When, begin, when, Jesus, when people started following him, I'm talking about disciples and followers, when they started following Jesus, what did he do? He put them in groups and sent them out to make bigger groups and, and to bring them in and, and to, to plant churches. What did Paul do? Paul went and visited churches, planted churches, established, moved on, wrote them letters, followed up to strengthen groups, to strengthen community. Acts 2.42 says this, and this is after the day of the, the day of Pentecost and when the Holy Spirit has shown up and they've been waiting, waiting for the, for the promised Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit shows up. Peter all of a sudden is not timid. He is bold and, and he speaks and thousands are added to the church. And then that day there started being multiplication. The church started multiplying. And Acts 2.42 says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So we got one, the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. So mixed with the, the apostles' teaching is, is being in the Word. The apostles would get into the Word. They'd say, hey, here's how Jesus fulfilled this scripture. Let's look at this. The scripture says this. Jesus did that. Jesus fulfilled that. Isn't that awesome? So they take an Old Testament, what we know as Old Testament scriptures, reading it and saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. This is all Jesus. This is exactly what he did. This is how it was prophesied and fulfilled. So, that, so scripture, the apostles' teaching, and then the other bookend, prayer, and in between is what? They dedicated themselves to fellowship. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Yoke is it's a, it's a, like a plowing mechanism, okay? This links two, you know, big animals, you know, ox or cows or whatever. It keeps them yoked so that they are plowing together. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? The word used in both of these passages I've read for fellowship is the word koinonia. And it's a very, it's, a, it's an incredible word. We don't have an equivalent. We do not have an adequate English equivalent for koinonia. So we use fellowship, but I'm going to unpack that word because it's grossly inadequate. That is, that's not, that even scratch the service. Koinonia fellowship is friendship, closeness, and contribution. Okay? Friendship, closeness, contribution with people who will help fill our souls by pointing us to Jesus, praying with us, and contributing to us. That word contribution is a key part of the word koinonia. It's not just, it's not just you know, like the dude sitting around the fire pit, you know, that was wonderful koinonia. That, that was indeed 
fellowship, but that aspect of contribution. Here's the thing. If one person's contributing to the fellowship, it's not koinonia. Koinonia, community as we know it, as we want it, is the commitment of contribution. We all contribute. The body, it all It all contributes. The wrist never, ever, ever has insecurities about whether or not it's, it's contri- you know, contributing to the body. Ever. The wrist never feels insecure. He says, the bicep can't do nothing without me. That big old bicep, look what I'm doing. It, I'd look stupid like this. But the, 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 the fingers... They all, they all know their purposes. This is where I get to do number one, and this is where I get to give you a thumbs up, and the middle finger knows its purpose, and the pinky is, I don't know, for drinking tea or something. I don't know, but like together it's, it's wonderful, and the ring. We can't all want to be a bicep. And we can't be insecure about the part of the body of Christ that we play because we are all called to contribute Am I making this point clear? Okay. Lord, can I? All right. So just stop. Stop being insecure. Stop being insecure and letting the enemy mess with you about if you're a part of the body. Unless you've been cut off and are dying, you're a part of the body. You guys, there's certain things I just don't do, and I don't play friendship games. I'm just, my, my, my compassion for friendship games is like so small. It runs out so quick. What are friendship games? Like, you ever got one of those emails? It's like, hey, you know, if you're really my friend, then reply to this email. And if I don't get 100 people who reply to my Facebook post, I'm going to go off Facebook because I really don't have friends. Man, it's brutal. Just, it's just pitiful. I'd never, ever vote. Hey, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you so much. Get off Facebook. Get out of there. Hey, I'm emailing to let you know I'm not emailing to this. It's ridiculous. I don't play games. And you guys think I'm kidding. I'm totally serious. Why? We, we, we're, man, if we are in Christ Jesus, how do we not have confidence? How do we not know who we are? Hey, Bobby, I need you to get in the game. Our, our number one quarterback went down. Get in there, Bobby. We're counting on you. Oh, Coach, I don't know. Could I really contribute? I'm just the backup. You're right, Bobby. Tommy, third string quarterback, get in the game. We need you, Tommy. Right? We're called to contribute to one another. Here's the thing. If we're not contributing, you might go, man, I, I, don't, know, I don't know. I, I hear that I'm a valuable part of the body of Christ, but I just, I don't believe that. And then it's easy. You go, hey, you are a valuable part of the body of Christ. Absolutely you are. You're not contributing, so you don't feel it. So contribute, and then you'll feel it. But I'm like, you know, you're valuable. You're just not contributing right now. Contribute, and then you'll feel it. You know why you're not feeling it? Because you're not contributing. Why do you think 
I've had, I have friends in here. I have people, I look out there and I'm like, friends, friends, I have friends. So I have friends that are like, Mark, you preach too much about serving. And I'm like, I don't preach enough about serving, contributing, serving. We see that Jesus served and we follow his example. And there is life in serving. There is fulfillment in serving. So we can't preach on serving enough. Contributing. Man, it brings about fulfillment. If you're not feeling fulfilled, which I get, that I get, that I do have compassion for because we've all been there. The quickest way to feel fulfillment is to say, Lord, I just want to do something for you. Here I am, Lord, use me. And be willing to be used however he wants. Genesis one twenty six reads, Then God said, Let us, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the air of the heavens and over the livestock, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us make mankind in our image, says God, says our triune God. So our triune God, one God in the persons of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit created us, but also a trinity. Like we're like just a lesser trinity because we are body soul, and spirit. And then even our soul is a lesser trinity. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. But we are made in the likeness or the image of God. And we were, we were created to have dominion, to rule and reign with God. God immediately gave responsibilities to Adam. I said, here you go. Have dominion. Here, start with this. And that is what God has called us to do. Now here's the thing. When sin came into the world, through rebellion, and sin just started bringing destruction, we, we, lost, we lost this season of dominion. If we're a follower of Christ right now, I'm letting you know whatever season it was that we weren't following Christ, we lost that season of dominion. We weren't ruling and reigning with him. We were rebelling against him and walking away from him or whatever it was. And in that season also, the likeness of who God has made us to be, to, to, to not look like his face, that's not likeness, but the image of God, the likeness of, of the Spirit of God. We have that now. We, we had, didn't have that then. We have that now. That's been restored unto us. Jesus and, and the, you know, the trick that the tax collectors tried to get Jesus in, he's like, you know, should, you know, she's got to be paying taxes. He's like, hey, anyone got a coin? You got a coin on you? Oh, thank you. Whose image, whose likeness is on this? Whose likeness? And it was Caesar. Caesar. Well, then give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And get up, give unto God what is God's. Our likeness is to once again be our, our spirit man saved. And us bearing the likeness of God. We see in that passage, God created 
man. Man was created. Man did not evolve. Anytime we're, anytime we're talking Genesis, we should say that. Hey, let me point out the obvious. We, we didn't evolve. We were created. We didn't evolve. We were created. Man was created in the likeness of God, and there was divine purpose for our existence. You guys have a party out there or what? All right, all right. Good stuff's happening in here too. I'm just saying. Anybody else in the foyer? All right, all right. Colossians 1, 12 through 17 says this. We give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, in in Jesus, all things hold together. Paul declares here that we were created for him. There's a passage in Revelation that we might not get to very often because most of us don't spend a lot of time in Revelation, but Revelation 4.11 says this, and I'm going King James, because sometimes you need a thou and a shout and a chant, and and sometimes you just need some King James. So King James 4.11, for thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they were created. God, for your pleasure they were created. We can, we can see in, in Hebrews, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But yet we see here that we were created for his pleasure. So I just, I just want to read some key things here. We were created for God's pleasure, and we were created with a capacity for fellowship. Our, our God, who already walked in community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they've never been apart. All they know is community. All they know is togetherness. All they know is unity. Our, our, our three-in-one God created us, and so we, in our spiritual DNA, we have that desire for fellowship. So number one, we come in faith. It says, without faith... It's in Hebrews 11. It's impossible to please God. So we come in faith. Lord, I believe, Jesus, I believe. I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe you're alive now, and I believe you're the only way that I can have life. And then number two, we choose. God created us with free will. So we get to choose or reject God. And it's a beautiful thing. And here's why it's a beautiful thing. Because when we choose him, it's authentic. And it's real. We weren't forced to do it. We're not robots. John, first John rather, first John 1, 1 through 4 says this, that which was from the beginning, 
which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. He's talking about Jesus. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship, koinonia with us. And indeed, our fellowship, our koinonia is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. And we are writing these things so that what? So that our joy might be complete. So once again, this word fellowship, not just hanging out, but this word fellowship meaning contribution. Okay? We got to stop looking at this word of fellowship as just hanging out. Just bro time, just girl time. Contribution. Think about the one another's that we see in Scripture. That we are to build up one another. You know, that's what took place today with the prophetic. The, the words that came forth. You know, when, when the Lord was speaking to Caleb about, about the nine and nine and the one, and then Christine came up, um, and then I came up, and then Kara, and that was all the prophetic. Okay, let's not make it, 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 it that was all the prophetic, and what was the result of it? The body being built up. The body being encouraged and strengthened. And so that's contribution. When we are in true godly fellowship with God and his church, then our joy can be complete. So I mentioned faith, and then I mentioned that we choose. And then here's a third thing, you guys. We were created with the overwhelming desire to worship, the urgency to worship. You guys, we're going to worship something. That's the truth. We have the, we were created with the desire, the yearning to worship. We're going to create, or we're going to we're going to worship something. It could be self. It could be money. It could be a lifestyle. It could be whatever. Or we know that, that there's this gap, this hole that's, that's meant to be filled by worshiping Jesus, by worshiping him. Romans 8.20 says this. It's a crazy scripture. It says, For the creation was subjected to futility, um, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. I want to read that again. Creation was subjected to futility, to, to a type of frustration. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Man was built with a void. God built man with a void. Did you know that? We were built with a vacuum. And nature requires that the vacuum be filled. We were built that way. God purposed it that we're built that way so that we would yearn for him. So here's the thing. Again, we're going to worship something and we're going to try and fill that void with something. Think about your life. What what did you try and fill it with before you met Christ? How did you try and fill the void? 
was it through the need for love? I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved. And so that that led us into, you know, uh, impurity, and it led us into going from from partner to partner to partner in a search for love. But, and when the whole time we could have found fulfillment in Christ Jesus, we would have found true love in our awesome God. Think about your life for a minute. What did you try and fill the hole, the void with before you said, Jesus, only you can fill that void. I give you my life. Only the one who designed the void can fill the void. Only the one who designed the vacuum can fill the vacuum. And again, that whole wonderful free will thing, we get to choose. Solomon, we see in Scripture, he tried everything. He, he tried everything. He said that he, he did not withhold from himself anything. Anything his heart desired. And he ended up with this cry. Vanity, vanity, it's all vanity. It's all worthless. Nothing will fill this void. So here's, some people seek community to try and fill the void. And that's still not right. The void is only filled by Jesus. Now when we come together with Christ at the center of our lives, having had that that void filled by Him, then there's fulfillment. And it's so that our joy can be complete. Or if others walk into this place and they haven't given their lives to the Lord, but they go, I sense something I don't have. I sense some community I want to be a part of. We can't ever let it in there going, come on in and and you're good just as you are. Because you know what they would say to that? If we told them, "You're, you're perfectly, you're perfect just as you are. You know what they would say? You're a liar. I'm hurting, I'm broken, I'm wrecked, I'm angry. I'm not perfect. Why are you sitting there Tell me I'm perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm in need. And I thought you guys had something different, but I guess not. You guys, we can't walk in and just, just with these arms of acceptance without pointing someone to Jesus. Does that make sense? Am I not saying that right? I want more than anything, we want this place to be the most mighty, loving, Jesus-smelling church in the world. I'm telling you. And when people come in and they ask, hey, is this a place that I can belong? Our answer is absolutely. This is a place you can belong. And I'm letting you know right now, the Lord's going to ask you to change. He doesn't want you to stay as you are. He's going to ask you to change. Because there are things in, in our lives that don't glorify Him. And, and for us to look and smell and, and act like Him and be fulfilled and to have that void removed, we have to trust in Jesus. So absolutely, come on in. But I'm letting you know, changes, changes are coming. All right. Here's the part. Every now and then at the end of a service, at the end of a sermon, I'm like, ah! where my heart already starts crying out to the Lord, Lord, please don't let us forget this word. Please don't let us dismiss this word. Please don't let this be something we're like, oh, the preacher done good today. Or, man, he wasn't for me today. 
This word is for us because because we are to contribute in one another's lives. We are to point each other to Christ. We are to be a safe place where we can run into when we are under attack and that we can surround and say, no, you're you're attacked, Satan. They're they're no good here Because, because we're bound by the blood of Jesus Christ. But it's also to be the kind of place where we can say, hey, I love you. But I, but I see some things that, and I'm sure you see them too, but man, they don't glorify the Lord. Run to Jesus and get his thoughts on the matter. And if he says there's some things he wants to change, you can trust him with it. We are the church. We are the body. We are all to be functioning and contributing, all of us. All of us. And in doing so, we will be fulfilled. We will be complete. We will feel whole. We won't be insecure. No, I'm being used by the Lord. How are you being used? And I, I greeted people at the front door of my church this morning. I smiled at them. I shook their hands. I introduced myself. And, and then the minute they walked away, I'm like, Lord, just touch them. And so I, got to, I might not have prayed with everybody, but I prayed for everyone that walked past me this morning. I contributed. And that is just as valuable as what I'm doing right now. I'm just doing what my gifting is. But some of the things that need to be done around here have nothing to do with gifting. They have to do with willingness to contribute. Lord Jesus, uh, gosh, my heart is just so full of urgency for this. It's so full of urgency. I, we so desperately want to, to look look like you, act like you, be like you. We want our our lives to be pleasing to you. We want our faith to be as such that you look and, and you're filled with pleasure for us. So Lord, we just ask for an increase of our faith to believe the fullness of of who we are in you, Lord, and, and who we are as a church. Lord, we, we thank you for fellowship. Lord, we thank you for koinonia. We thank you for every aspect of it. We thank you for the fun, the laughter, the togetherness, the hanging out. Lord, we thank you for the contributing as others contribute to us, as we contribute to others, and as we all contribute to you, Lord. Lord, the safety of pointing people to you, Lord, we, we grab a hold of that part of our fellowship. Lord, you're our safe place. You're our safe place. You're our place of healing. You're our grace. You're you're what we need. Holy Spirit, uh, we we are so desperate for you to do this amazing work of just convincing us of, of your truth of the truth contained in this message. Lord, I pray that anything in this message that was not you or not your heart would be forgotten. But Lord, I pray that everything that was you, that was your heart, would just cling to us, Lord, and would resonate in us, and it would prompt us to action. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.